just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you're having a good week so far. The weekend's creeping up on us. I got kind of a weird situation right now. My wife, my sister-in-law, my two nieces, they flew out of town this morning and won't be back till Sunday night. So I'm all on my own sitting here alone in the condo until Sunday night. Now, some people have come up to me and said, oh, what are you going to do? You're batching it this weekend. What the hell do you think I'm going to do? I'm 61 years old. I'm not going out to clubs. I'm not partying. I'm not drinking because I don't drink, haven't drank for 30 years. What am I going to do? (laughs) I'm probably going to do TikToks and podcasts, maybe go out for lunch. Here, this is the one thing I will do now that my wife is gone for a few days. I will eat better than I normally do. Well, let's put it this way. I will <laughs> I will eat less healthy than when she's here. Um, she keeps a pretty good muzzle on me as to what I can partake in. And uh, now that she's not here, it's wide open. Want to have steak tonight? I'm having steak tonight. If I want to have a, an ice cream cone, I'm going to have an ice cream cone. <laughs> now, when she gets back, it's going to all go back to normal, and I'm going to have to continue down that road to... <laughs> trying to be healthy, or as healthy as she can get me to be. Now, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of people that have a lot of trouble being alone. You know, I, I, people that don't like to live alone or people that just don't like to be alone at any time. It really bothers them. I'm not one of those people. I actually value the time I get to be home alone or on my own. I remember my first big job going down to nowhere Arizona to work at a small radio station I was like 20 uh, no I was like 19 and I was living in an apartment by myself because prior to that I was living with my folks but I was there by myself in a town where I knew nobody and it was pretty well it was tough at first because I didn't know anybody because even Even if I'm alone, I can call my brother or call friends or whatever. But down there, I'm 1,500 miles away from anybody I know. So I'm just kind of caught. You throw in the fact that it was mostly a Mormon and Navajo town and that I had nothing in common with either crowd of people. It made it a little isolated. So for a little while, it was tough on me. But I learned to deal with it, made some friends, and things got better. But as I've gotten older, I kind of appreciate the time I get to spend by myself. It doesn't bother me. I know my wife's coming back, and and this is no shot at my wife. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. If I'm going to hang out with anybody to do something fun, it's going to be my wife. She's the one that has some common interests to me, and, and we have the most fun together. Most of my friends have their own responsibility, their own families, their own wives, so as you get older and you're married, you better make your your spouse your best friend because life is going to suck if you don't because that's who you're going to be hanging out with. And uh, no matter how good your marriage is, you're going to bump heads from time to time. We bumped heads this morning pretty good. And uh, it was, <laughs> I know you're not going to believe me here, but it was her fault. But I never tell her it's her fault because then it just gets worse. You guys know what I'm talking about. You gals know what I'm talking about too. But anyway, I didn't really get too heated about it. She got there. She sent me a text. I'm sorry. And I said, I'm sorry, because that's the thing to do, uh, whether it was my fault or not. And uh, uh, she says, how can you deal with it when I'm such a pain in the ass? And I said, well, Look, I know you don't handle stress well, and I know anytime we go on a trip and you're trying to make a plane and trying to get everything together and she's got some anxiety about doing everything in order and getting it all done, I know that puts you in a state where you can snap easily. And let's be perfectly honest, I'm not only a guy that can annoy people, (laughs) I'm a guy who specifically can annoy her. 
and I do it time to time. Most of the time we get along really well, but uh, there are some things I do that annoy her to no end, and uh, you put those together with a little bit of stress, and it gets a little ugly. But after 37, going on 38 years of marriage, you know, we're still here. You're going to have the argument. You're going to have the uh, the fights. But they're all going to go away, and you're going to figure it out and continue on. I've got a pretty good track record of that happening, so I'm never really concerned that we're not going to get through something. I uh, <laughs> there was There was one time when we were younger, we seemed to be fighting about the same things all the time. And it struck me as kind of funny. It didn't strike her funny, unfortunately, but it struck me as kind of funny. And it reminded me of a joke, a really bad joke. <laughs> Maybe you've heard it. So you got these two guys in the jail cell. New guy comes in, doesn't know these people. One guy, The one original member in the uh, jail says to the other one, two, the guy laughs outrageously. The other guy says, seven. <laughs> and then the other guy laughs crazily. And it goes back and forth like this. They're just throwing numbers at each other. And the guy that's new comes in and says, what, what, what the hell is going on here? He says a number, you laugh. You say a number, he laughs. What's that all about? <laughs> and the guy says, well, you know, when you've been in a jail cell as long as we have together, We've told all the jokes. We know all the jokes that the other one is going to tell. So just to save time and be more efficient, we just number them. <laughs> so if I say two, that's assigned to a certain joke, and he knows what it is, so he can laugh about it. And, and the new guy coming in says, well, that's, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. But could I try it? And they said, sure, go ahead. So the new guy says, eight. <laughs> Nobody laughs. Nobody laughs at all. And the guy's confused. He goes, I gave you a number. Why didn't anybody laugh? And one of the guys that had been there for a while looks at him and says, well, <laughs> apparently you don't know how to tell a fucking joke. <laughs> Again, I told you it's a bad joke. It's not crazy funny. But my point of it was, to be funny, knowing my wife knew that joke, when we were getting in these fights going back and forth with the uh, same things all the time, I started saying to her three and two and five and seven. And she looked at me and, of course, got more angry. I told her why I was doing it and what it was. And I thought, oh, that'll break the ice a little bit. That'll make her laugh and maybe take her mind off what we're arguing about it. No, it didn't. <laughs> it just infuriated her more. And that's, that's apparently one of my strong points in this marriage. If there is somebody to infuriate a woman that never gets infuriated, I have the power to do that. I love her. I'm going to miss her while she's gone till Sunday. But as far as me, I'm going to sit here alone, probably do more TikToks, probably do more podcasts, may get in my boat and sit in the bay by myself a little bit, but there's going to be no craziness going on because I'm 61. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> I'll enjoy the free time and we'll see what happens. Anyway, that's long enough of my personal life. Let's talk about some of the things that are going on in the world. Of course, the big news, well, there's a bunch of big news. There's a lot of things to consider. But we've been talking about this Nancy Pelosi Select Committee. That is the investigation in the uh, January 6th insurrection. Now, there are to be 13 or could be 13 members of this commission. Nancy Pelosi, being in charge, picked eight. She specifically picked eight because that gave her a quorum. That means they can forge ahead regardless. Now, they gave Kevin McCarthy five choices, but even if he didn't put any in, they still had enough for a quorum, so they would be fine. Nancy was smart. She set herself up. She didn't want to give the Republicans power to shut the thing down because you know as well as I do that's exactly what she would do. So anyway, Kevin comes to uh, the table. 
with five candidates for this select committee. Three of them were people that voted to overturn the election. Two of them didn't. And when it came down to it, there was a little concern because Jim Jordan was on it. Now, we know why Jim Jordan is on any committee. It's to disrupt, cause chaos, throw fog into the area, and confuse the situation. Let alone Jim Jim Jordan also might be somebody who's being investigated, or at very least, a witness. So Nancy Pelosi goes, and she says... Uh, now, keep in mind, Nancy Pelosi has the right to reject anybody that uh, McCarthy brings to the table. So she rejects Jim Banks, and she rejects Jim Jordan for obvious reasons. Now, Kevin McCarthy's reaction to this was, Oh, okay, then we will just not bring anybody to the table. We'll take all the Republicans away, and you'll have this partisan bullshit. Well, here's the deal. We know Nancy Pelosi also picked Liz Cheney to be on the commission. She's the one Republican that she picked to give a bipartisan feel. Now, Liz Cheney is one of the few people on the Republican side that know that this January 6th thing was an attack on our democracy, was, in fact, an insurrection. She uh, acknowledges it, and she also believes that all the things that caused this to happen need to be exposed. So she felt comfortable putting her on the commission. So, in a sense, it's bipartisan. But Kevin McCarthy's going to run around now and say, oh, it's illegitimate, it's partisan, this is ridiculous. But where Kevin has forgotten some things is in the beginning, they wanted a 9-11 level committee hearing and, and, and investigation. This is where there would be equal amounts of Democrats and Republicans on either side. This would have given them control to play the games they want to play, like confuse or cause chaos, or whatever they wanted to do. That was the smart thing to go forward with. But they were thinking, look, we don't really want to talk about this because some of us were involved, and that's not going to be good for the election. So we're going to vote against it so we don't even have to talk about it. Which was stupid because they had to know that Nancy Pelosi was going to say, okay, that's fine, you don't want to do that. I'll do my own investigation. And that's going to cause things to get out there, too, the things they don't want them to get out. But now they didn't have as much control because they could only put five people on the committee. But what really threw a wrench into it for them is by putting Liz Cheney on it. She's a Republican. She's a hardcore conservative. She's on the commission and no matter how you look at it, this is a bipartisan committee because Liz Cheney is there. So that kind of throws a wrench into what Kevin McCarthy's strategy is about. He wants to shut it down. Now he can't shut it down, so now he wants to diminish it as a partisan effort. He wanted to put Jim Jordan in there thinking maybe he'll get through and then he'll cause the mess that Jim Jordan is known for causing. Or they'll reject him and he can feel hurt, pull back and say, we're not sending anybody. And then he's going to scream that it is partisan and that it's not legit. And they're going to say, well, what about the uh, bipartisan committee that you canceled? Or what about Liz Cheney, who's on the committee, who's Republican? What about the three people that Nancy Pelosi agreed upon and rejected only two of them? But you pulled them out. You could have left the three Republicans on the committee and had some kind of representation, but no, you chose to pull them all away. So you can rant and scream about partisanism, but you had every opportunity 
See, the only thing they can really do now is try to diminish or cloud what is going on with this committee, because there's going to be a lot of things exposed that's starting next week. They're going to bring in the police first, and they have all kinds of, of, of uh, witnesses coming forth. Now, somebody asked me on TikTok, they say, does this committee, does Nancy Pelosi have subpoena power? And yes, they do. Now, we know during the Trump administration, subpoenas didn't mean shit because nobody showed up and the president protected them. However, Donald Trump is gone. And subpoenas are a real thing. If you deny coming to an investigation after you've been subpoenaed, that's, that's illegal. You can be indicted for it. You can be charged a fine for it. You can probably even go to jail for it. Probably wouldn't get to that extent. But the fact of the matter is people are now going to be compelled to show up, actually come. Now, there were some people that were subpoenaed during the Trump administration that probably didn't want to come or did want to come, but Trump forced him out told them they couldn't, and held their jobs over their heads. So nobody showed up. This time around, that's not going to happen. Nobody's got that power over these people. And they've got a subpoena that's hanging over their head that they have to deal with. So they're probably going to show up. Now here's the next thing. You get somebody in and become a witness... Are they going to tell the truth? Well, with Donald Trump, of course, there's a number of people who are now worried about charges and such where they weren't telling the truth in front of Congress. But lying to the Congress is not unlike lying to the FBI, the CIA, or or in a court. So if you lie to Congress after being subpoenaed or just being a witness— You will be indicted. That's a very serious charge, perjury. You will be indicted, you will be tried, and you could go to jail over something like this. So all the people that come, that have no more pressures not to come, now will have to be truthful. And when that time comes, when these people have to speak truth, a lot will be exposed. There'll be some perjurers there, too. They'll try to lie their way out of it, but they will pay the price in the long run. There's too much evidence. There's too much information out there. Now, some people confuse this with a court, like we're going to do this and people are going to go to jail after this investigation. That's not the case. This is simply investigation. And there are other legal investigations currently going on anyway. So the real value of this committee is to get this information into the public, to us, so we know exactly what happened. There are investigations going in various uh, law enforcement, but we may never hear the facts about it. Some people will be charged, some people won't be charged, but we won't hear about it. But this is an important play for the Democrats. They're thinking 2022. They're thinking the Republicans have a good chance of getting the Senate and the House back. So it's important that everybody know what happened on January 6th during that insurrection. If there are people in Congress that were responsible for helping to set this up, giving tours, giving information or communications, that needs to be exposed. We know the Republicans are loving suggesting that January 6th was not an insurrection. Hell, there's audio out there now where Donald Trump said, oh, yeah, it was it was a love fest. They were hugging and kissing. It wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't an insurrection, which we all know was bullshit because we've seen the video. We know people were killed. We know people were severely injured. We know there was damage to the building, and we know they shit and pissed in the U.S. Capitol. So it was absolutely an insurrection. They wanted to hang the vice president and kill Nancy Pelosi. That's a pretty serious offense as you're breaking into the U.S. Capitol. A lot of things are going to be exposed, and the Republicans love to deny things or distract or push things off. They are not going to be 
able to do that. You see, Kevin McCarthy fucked up. He should have went with the first 9-11 level investigation, but he wanted to put off people knowing what happened. So they denied that. He should have put the three people at least on the committee so he had some counterbalance to what was going to happen in that committee. But when they rejected two obvious people that should have been rejected, he pouted, picked up his football, and went the fuck home. In the end, his ego was going to kill him because now we have seven Democrats, formidable Democrats, and Liz Cheney on the committee. That's all we have right now. That is a quorum. So they don't need any more. But I just heard something that was kind of interesting. Apparently, Nancy Pelosi is going to talk to Adam Kinzinger. He is a Republican, and uh, he's pretty much on board with the way Liz Cheney thinks. He's one of the normal Republicans. Can you imagine, now that Kevin McCarthy is out there complaining that this is partisan, this is just a joke, it doesn't count. Well, that's not going to play because when the evidence comes out, people will know better. But can you imagine if she also put Kevin or Adam Kinzinger on there? Now we got two Republicans and seven Democrats, and it is absolutely a bipartisan committee. The one thing they were going to use to diminish or discount this committee is taken away from them. They got nothing to say, and now they have no control to handle the narrative because they're out of it this is where kevin mccarthy fucked up he's a bully that thought he could push and push and push and get his way but he ran into nancy pelosi who's smarter more powerful and maybe a bigger bully and slapped kevin mccarthy in the face and now what kevin mccarthy is going to do is he's going to run and hide or complain or Yell from a distance. Don't you always like those guys that think they're tough? I always liken them to when I was in high school. You'd be standing on a corner someplace, and some guy would drive by in a car at about 40 miles an hour, and you'd say, fuck you, I'm going to kick your ass, as they're racing away. It's real easy to talk when you're running away. Stand up face to face. And that's what happened with Pelosi and McCarthy. They were face to face. McCarthy flinched, and he fucked up. This is going to be interesting to see starting next week, so pay close attention to this committee, um, uh, these committee hearings. Uh, one other thing to note, they can subpoena, as I mentioned, they can subpoena anybody. Mark Meadows, the chief of staff from Trump's place, they can subpoena Kevin McCarthy himself. You can expect they may even subpoena Jim Jordan. That was the big deal about him getting kicked off. He might... Liz Cheney said he might be a material witness to the very crimes that they're investigating, so how can he be on the committee? And that's absolutely correct. Jim Jordan might get his time to talk, but it ain't going to be in a position he likes because he will have no power. And he will have to be honest or he'll be out of Congress quickly. So it's going to be interesting. One last thing about that uh, select committee. They can subpoena. They can subpoena important people, and they can even subpoena Donald Trump and his family. That's going to be interesting to see if they do it. We're talking about Donald Trump inciting this riot, so it would make sense that he needs to be questioned. If they subpoena Donald Trump or Don Jr. or Eric or Ivanka or whoever the hell, it's going to be very interesting because that's going to stir up a hornet's nest. And shit is going to come from the sky. <laughs> Trust me on that. Anyway, we'll see what happens with that select committee coming up next week. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we suffered through over a year of a COVID-19 lockdown. 
I mean, it was a horrible year. I like to go out to dinner with my wife. That's what we do for a social life, and it was impossible to do. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't go anywhere. I had a brand-new granddaughter, and it was sporadic when I could see her, and it was under controlled situations. The whole thing was fucking annoying. I hated it. Now, I wore a mask, and I got vaccinated. And I'm not going to suggest I liked either one of those things. But you know what? I knew the situation. I knew it was real. And I did what I had to do. Now, there are a bunch of people that didn't do those things and won't do those things. And now, as we were feeling like we were coming out of this COVID shit, now it's starting to spike again. I'm hearing that there's now like 39,000 plus cases of COVID every day. That's up 58% from fucking last week. So this is starting to spike. Now, we thought it would be in the fall, and maybe there will be another in the fall. But it's starting to spike now, and people are starting to freak out. Now, as Joe Biden said, this is a pandemic of those that are unvaccinated. There's a lot of stuff going around about vaccinations and if they work or what happens this or what happens that. And I've been very interested in knowing these things because not so much for my safety because I know I'm okay once I'm vaccinated, but I'm concerned about when I go see my granddaughter. She's 16 months, 15 months old. I don't want to give her anything. Because you see, the, the thing is, people are, some people are under the misinformation that the COVID vaccination is a cure. It is not. What the COVID vaccination does, it just ensures that you're not going to get serious symptoms, you're not going to end up in the hospital, and you're not going to die. The people that are ending up in the hospital and dying is about 99% unvaccinated. So if you're vaccinated, you're probably not going to get real sick. You might be asymptomatic. You're certainly not going to go into the hospital. And you're certainly not going to die. So this pandemic is running through those people that are unvaccinated. But here's the problem. Only 50% of this country is fully vaccinated. There's something like 67% that have at least one vaccination, but you need two. So with 50% of the people not vaccinated... That can create a pandemic, too. We're talking about 100 million, maybe more than 100 million that are not vaccinated. And these this situation is going to be worse because we have the Delta variant, which is allegedly not allegedly. The doctors have said it. It's more infectious. It's easier to pass on to other people. And it's more deadly than COVID-19. So here, here's my issue with this for me. I'm vaccinated. I did all the right things. I'm actually in a state that's pretty decent. It's not a hotbed of uh, infections. But maybe I get the uh, Delta variant. Maybe I don't even notice it because I'm asymptomatic because I've been vaccinated. I don't want to be in a position where I go see my granddaughter, hug her and kiss her on the cheek and may give her the Delta variant of COVID-19. So that puts some uncertainty in all of our lives now. Maybe we're safe, but the young kids in our life can't be vaccinated yet, so we have to be wary. I mean, we can walk through anything, and even if we do get COVID, we may not even know we had it. Or if we do know we have it, the symptoms are very light. But that doesn't suggest those young kids that are in our lives can't get it. And we don't know exactly how it's going to impact them. We do know that uh, this Delta variant is attacking younger kids, millennials and teens and stuff like that. We know that is happening. In fact, there was, uh, I saw this in a tweet and I don't remember who tweeted it, but this has been all over the place. And basically it was a doctor in Alabama a young woman who's a doctor in Alabama who said that uh, she deals with people that are unvaccinated 
and she's seeing more and more young people coming in with, uh, well, they're coming in with more serious symptoms. More and more of them are dying. And she says on a regular occasion, she'll be sitting with a patient who's unvaccinated, now has COVID, is in serious condition, maybe on the verge of dying. And she says the last thing that they tell her is that they're begging to get the vaccine now. And unfortunately, what she has to say is, well, she said, I grab him by the hand and say, I'm sorry, it's too late. So people have waited until they're on their deathbed and then the light bulb goes off. Hey, maybe I should get the vaccination. But as this doctor said, it's too late. What's going to happen is going to happen now. But still there are people who say, I want to wait till it's FDA approved. Well, it's going to get FDA approved. This was an emergency action because of the seriousness of COVID, the pandemic. But these people, for whatever reason, whether it be... uh, political or safety, they decide not to get the vaccine. Now, when I hear a story like that, I feel sad. The human side of me, (laughs) which may be less than 50%, but the human side of me feels sad. I mean, it's a sad story. Here's a young person on their deathbed, and they're going to leave this earth and not be able to live out their life. That is a sad, sad situation either out of political arrogance, stubbornness, or just flat-out stupidity. I don't know which one it is in all cases, but certainly there are some of all of those examples. But now they're going to die, and they're not going to be able to lead their lives, not be able to be with their families. And that's sad from a human side. But at the same point, we have to understand that the information about the uh, vaccines and COVID have been out there for everybody to view. Everybody should know what the deal with the vaccines is and how important it is and how you might die. Now, of course, some people will say, well, only 2% of the people who get COVID die. Maybe that's the case. Let's say that's the case. If you're doing anything else, if you've got your kids doing something else, and you say, well, this will be really fun to do, but keep in mind there's about a 2% chance you might die. Are you still going to do it? i got to tell you, if it's my kid or my grandkid, no fucking way. 2% isn't much of a chance, but I'm not taking that chance. I want a 100% bet that my kids and my grandchildren are safe. But these people seem to think that that they're going to be good. It's not going to affect them. It's not going to be me. And if it is me, I'm a young guy. I can handle this. Okay, I get that. I've been young. I've thought the same things. I never used to get the flu shot. Not because I was afraid of it, because I didn't know that it would do me any good. Well, I get the flu shot. I never thought about getting... uh, um, any kinds of shot. But from the time when I was a little kid in the 60s, I remember there were all kinds of shots you needed. Polio, diphtheria, uh, uh, mumps, uh, measles, those sorts of things. And it was a different situation back then because I remember I would go to school, my grade school. And one day a year, everybody would be called to the gym and they would get in lines. And at the end of the line was always some doctor or nurse or somebody with what looked like a, a gun, you know, not a real gun, but a kind of a metal piece that they would stick to your arm, shoot it into you, and then you would move down the line and they'd do it to somebody else. These were mandatory vaccinations if you wanted to be in school. If you didn't get these vaccinations, you couldn't come to that school. Well, now things have loosened up because there's been so many shitty parents bitching about this that it's a different situation. You're on your own to get your shots, 
and you're expected to get the shots and you need to prove it. But even those people who can't prove it, they aren't necessarily kept out of the school. See, people think that getting a shot is my choice. It affects me, so I'm going to make that decision. But here's the problem. You have rights. And I think my dad told me this one time. Your rights end when your fist hits the end of my nose. And what he meant by that was if you're exercising your rights but it hurts somebody else, it's not not a right anymore. You don't get that opportunity. You want to kill yourself? You want to make yourself sick? Fine. But when you inflict it on other people, other kids in school or whatever, that's where the shit's got to stop. And when you have something like COVID or the Delta variant that is so infectious, that has to be considered. Now, I don't deal with unvaccinated people very much. If I know somebody's unvaccinated, I won't go there and I won't invite them to anything I'm involved in. And people will say, well, that's me. That's me. Look, you have the right not to be vaccinated. But I have the right not to get near somebody who's not been vaccinated. And if you don't like it, too fucking bad. That's what people always forget. I got rights. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. And all of that is true. But there are consequences with the choices we make. You have the right to do it, but you don't have the right to not expect consequences for the things you do or say. I mean, I know if I'm sitting here on the podcast or TikTok, if I say something that's outrageous, not true, or a conspiracy theory, there should be consequences to me for doing that. If I've got a bunch of people listening to me on TikTok or here on a podcast, and I tell you something that's categorically not true, and it's potentially dangerous to you and people around you, I need to pay a price for that. I need to pay a price for that as well as anybody else that does it. You don't get to just say anything or do anything or not do something just because you have rights. We all have rights, and you don't have the right to infringe on mine, so fuck you. But now we're seeing an interesting turn of events, something we hadn't expected. You know, Fox News was one of the biggest purveyors of, oh, COVID's a hoax, the vaccine's not real, you're going to be magnetized, you're going to get microchipped, don't wear the masks. That's worse than the Holocaust. That's the shit that these people say and spew. But it's funny, this week, Sean Hannity comes on, very somber, very sober, and says, we need to take this seriously. People are dying from COVID and the Delta variant. People need to talk to their doctors and they need to get their COVID-19 vaccination. He's saying it like he's always believed this and that that uh, he's just reiterating his former thoughts. But we know not a long time ago, he was saying it's it's oppression, it's it's whatever. And he was a proponent to not get vaccinated, not wear masks, not even think that COVID is real. So why the switch? And it's not just him. It's not just him because Mitch McConnell stood up in front of the Senate and on TV and said, this is dangerous. People are dying. You need to get the COVID vaccination. Mitch McConnell of the Senate, a Republican who's denied the COVID uh, pandemic, the vaccine, and all of the uh, mask situation stuff. Now he's speaking out, imploring people to get the vaccination. That's interesting. That's real interesting. And now down in Florida, which was a pit of COVID-19 and been a problem since the start because they didn't do anything to fight it. They were anti-COVID and they were anti-vaccination. Now, Governor um, Santis from Florida has stood up in front of a mic, again, very somber, very sober, very serious, telling people you need to get the vaccine. Hmm. You got all three of these people that called COVID a hoax, that called the vaccine dangerous, that it would be microchipped. 
And now they're telling you to get the COVID vaccine. It's weird. Why would you do that? Well, there's a lot of reasons they might have done it. They might see that there's going to be some lawsuits after people die. When your governor tells you not to get the vaccine and people die, you're going to be in trouble, not only with votes, but with lawsuits. The same goes for Sean Hannity and Fox News. They're already getting sued by Dominion for a billion dollars. These might be much smaller, but they're going to get hit with some lawsuits. But I think the real important factor here is that they're now just starting to realize something I said before. This pandemic, these people going into the hospitals, being intubated and dying, are largely, almost exclusively, the unvaccinated. And the bulk of those unvaccinated are Republicans, Trumplicans. They are viewers of Fox News. They are voters of Mitch McConnell and his Senate buddies. They are people that vote for Ron uh, Ron Santis in Florida. These people are denying something that now is killing the very people that support them. So do you think now they're realizing that, hey, maybe we better do something about it? But you got to take note. We're a year and a half into COVID-19, and now they're telling you, hey, be careful. This is real. That is a significant amount of fucking negligence. It is absolutely ridiculous that now they're stepping up, looking somber, looking serious, and imploring on their people to get the COVID vaccine. Now, don't, don't get me wrong here. If they do some good and get people vaccinated, God bless them. But it says a lot about who these people are. They've been wrong for a year and a half. And by doing what they're doing now, they're acknowledging they're wrong, but they're not saying they're wrong. They're just acting like that's the way they always thought. And that's what Republicans do, or politicians in general. They never say they're wrong. They just change their their narrative and act like that's always the way it was. Well, it wasn't. Hundreds of thousands of people died because of folks like that. Even if they come out now and say, hey, get vaccinated, they are still guilty of killing and injuring people in this country by the hundreds of thousands. So they can say what they want. If it gets more people vaccinated, great. But these people are still guilty and they should be responsible for the things they did. Now, you might say, well, why do you care if the Republicans get vaccinated? Let them all die. Well, I don't like to see people die, regardless whether they agree with me or disagree with me. I'm I'm not interested in seeing that happen. But if people choose to not take good advice and it puts them in danger, there's nothing I can really do about it. But here's the one thing we have to worry about as vaccinated people in this country. If this pandemic goes crazy, and yes, it's only the unvaccinated, but it's going to close things down. It's going to affect the economy. I mean, fucking Missouri is a a hotbed of COVID, and uh, it's causing some immense problems. You can't even go from Missouri to Illinois without quarantining for 10 days to get in and go to Chicago or wherever you're going. So it's a problem. The other problem is, is what we saw with COVID-19. COVID-19 was this, and then all of a sudden it mutated and became the Delta variant. And the Delta variant is more vicious, more resilient. So if we keep perpetuating this COVID-19, now the Delta variant, it's likely to mutate again, and we don't know where it's going to mutate to. And ultimately, it could have more impact on those people that are currently vaccinated. Then we're back to ground zero. Then we're back to trying to figure out another vaccine to fix this thing. So as much as it, we'd like to say, okay, you Republicans go and die, I don't care. The thing about it is, is we don't need this spreading again and possibly mutating. Now, it may not affect us if it mutates, and maybe the vaccine will still work. But 
We don't know that for sure. And it goes back to what I said before. If I'm doing something where there's a 2% chance that I might die, I'm not taking that risk. And if there's a new mutation, a new variant off the Delta variant, and it's more dangerous, potentially more dangerous to vaccinated people, I don't want to see that either. What we need to do is get everybody vaccinated, just do away with this disease altogether, much like we did with polio. But we got to get people reacting to this and get the vaccine and decide to get the vaccine before they're on their deathbed, like the young people I was telling you about. So it's going to be interesting to see. So in a sense, it's good news, however late they are, that Hannity, McConnell, um, Santis, or DeSantis, whatever the fuck his name is, I don't like the guy. He's a piece of shit, and he's a horrible governor, and he's a frontrunner for the Republican candidate in 2024, assuming Donald Trump doesn't run. But the fact of the matter is, is I want to see more people get the vaccine. I don't want them to die, and I don't want this shit to get worse. I don't want it to affect the economy, and I don't want it to mutate again, because God knows what we're going to be left with at that point. If it does mutate and, and the vaccination doesn't cover it, then we're back to ground zero, and we're locked down for another year or two. Don't want to see that. So let's get as many people vaccinated as possible. Those of you that aren't vaccinated, if you don't want to die, you want to take a 2% chance that you might die or that you might infect your kids or your grandkids and they might die, you're willing to roll the dice on that? Well, if you are, do what you got to do. But nobody in their right mind would take that risk if there is another opportunity. Oh, yeah, but what about the microchip? What about, what about uh, all the dangerous things it does? Look, you got, what do you got, 300 pe- three or 250 million people vaccinated? Where are the problems? I know there's some people that say, well, there's people dying from this. That's not true. There's no evidence of that. There are hundreds of millions of people that have already gotten the vaccination. And if that isn't clear enough for you that it's safe, then you're a little thick. You're a little stupid. And you probably deserve what you're going to end up with. Because even if it doesn't kill you, What we found out about COVID-19 during the time we suffered through this, even if it doesn't kill you, it's going to kill somebody you know, somebody that's close to you, a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, your kids, whatever. You're not going to get away from it free, free and clear. It's just not going to happen that way. You're going to be affected one way or another. Take that information, decide what you want to do, and get yourself fucking vaccinated. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, it's like dealing with an obstinate child. You know what's best for him, and he just doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to do it. Well, at some point, you need to be made to do that. And there may be talk of mandating vaccinations with some companies, and I think they should. I mean, Jesus Christ, you can say... I don't want to get vaccinated and it's my right, but you send a guy into a building with 3,000 people in it and now he infects a bunch of other people who then in turn infect their kids who are not vaccinated. Well, that's a fucking problem. So there might be some mandatory vaccinations in companies. People say you can't do that. That's You can't force me to do anything. Now, the government can't force you to do anything. Private industry can. They can make choices as to who they want working for them. And if you don't have the right things behind you, whether it be experience or a COVID vaccination, they can say, fuck you, get out of here. There's nothing you can do about it. So keep that in mind. goes back to what I said. You have the right to do whatever you want, but there are consequences. And let's hope the consequences you have are that you lose your job. Because the other consequence is more permanent. It's death. Anyway, I've rattled on enough. I will talk to you again soon. Like I said, my wife is out of town. Probably do a couple more uh, podcasts this weekend talking about some of the things happening, a lot of breaking news. So there'll be plenty to talk about. I want to thank you for spending time with me today and all the other times and all the other shows. You believe, believe this or not, I haven't been doing this podcast a lot. But this is the 39th podcast. 
Now, the reason I'm doing a lot is because these these uh, these podcasts are very time sensitive. You're probably not going to go two months back and listen to a podcast. You could. There will be some information that's valuable. But because I'm talking about current news, this is a little different kind of podcast. This is listen to the most current one and you'll hear the most current news. So, I'm going to do a lot of podcasts. It's almost like a newscast, but it's not because I'm giving you my opinion and all that other stuff. And I'm just a guy. I'm taking the information I know, packaging it in such a way that hopefully people can understand it and make some choices and decisions as to what they think. Now, the last thing I will tell you is something I begged you people for, and I haven't got a lot of it. What the hell's wrong with you? I want you to participate in this podcast. I want you to ask questions, make comments, give opinions. I don't care what it is, but I want you involved. And the way you can do that is by sending me an email at my direct email account, rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or you can go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer, and you can leave a voicemail message. Now, later today, I'm going to be on a podcast. Some young man, he calls me up and he says, yeah, my mom's a big fan of yours. Will you be on my podcast? I said, dude, you're a lawyer. What are we going to talk about? And he gave me a few things. I said, what the hell? He asked me, do you have guests on your podcast? I said, no, not at this point. Um, and, and it's largely due to I haven't tried to get guests uh, because I want to avoid guests that are just trying to promote their podcast. I don't, you know, God bless them for having their own podcast, but I don't want to come to you with a bunch of bullshit promotional stuff and waste your time. The whole point of listening to a podcast is that you don't have to listen to a lot of bullshit. Um, but I will, I do want to have guests on, and I may have some of the typical guests at some point. I don't know, but I'd much prefer, I want you to think about this now, I'd much prefer to have my guest be listeners of this podcast. This is about we the people. This is about the middle class. This is about those of us that are normal. So it only makes sense that if I'm going to have a guest, it would make sense that there would be somebody in my audience that wants to talk. Now, it's not for everybody, but there are some people. I did a TikTok. Some guy jumped in. It was a good conversation. I'd rather talk to real people than some people that claim to be experts or whatever. We may do that eventually, but if we're going to have a guest, I'm going to probably have one of you as my guest if you want to. So think about that. Think about that. It's not something we have to do right now, but think about it because that's what I'd like to do. Anyway, I'm going way over time here, so I got to run. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'm going to be coming back at least a couple times this weekend. So I won't be gone long. You have yourself a great weekend and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. So you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.